Let's visit the 90s all over again. Put on those hammer pants. This is Dope Nostalgia. This is what our third time getting together. Because, well, Quinn's was with me right before the pandemic where we did the uh, the the really inspirational story of the gin blossoms. Oh, right. <laughs> and we did a Weird Al episode. <laughs> and then we did Weird Al right before Christmas there. Um, yeah. Don't worry. I don't have anything dark to say about. <laughs> I was hoping we could. Well, you never know. This is well, the blues. too bad because it's a blues album. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. It could go there. <laughs> Let me tell you, though, when this album came out, I didn't even know what the blues were yet. <laughs> no idea. To be fair, I'm not sure, 100% yeah. sure that this album knows what the blues are either. Well, that's also good. Okay. <laughs> are we recording? Are we into the episode? Oh, we're, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Charlie, absolutely. It's funny that it's called Some Sing the Blues and there's like maybe two blues songs on it. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they have B.B. Say... King on the album. Is he oh, actually yeah. on the record? Yeah, he does the, the guitar for... Uh... Yep. Oh, Born Under a Bad Sign. Yeah, that's right. That's oh, because, because because it was written by Albert King and they couldn't get Albert King. So they had to get oh, B.B. King. I guess. So yeah, you're right. I conflated the Kings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you say like actual blues songs, you're talking about the actual blues progressions being used? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, you know, at the base of it, there, ba there is a lot of that basic, basic blues stuff, but. Well, there's blues inspired music. But on this, this sounds album. more like, uh, I mean, and I know there is some legit saxophone playing, but for sure you hear, I, I'm sure I heard uh, some synth saxophone playing. There is synth all over this album. And the most egregious is right when she sings, uh, God bless the child. And at the very beginning, she says, can I make one request? And she, and the guy in the booth goes, Sure thing. And she goes, <clears throat> no synthesized music, please. Only real, real instruments. Only real instruments on the or real musicians on this track. Yeah. And then what's the next thing that starts? All synth. The entire <laughs> track is all synth. There isn't a real instrument on that fucking track. <laughs> Sorry. This no, yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah, no. How do you feel? How, no, I Angry know. about that. I mean, Char oh, by the way, though, although here's the truth. Then once I got past that and I listened to the Lisa rendition of God Bless a Child. Fuck man, that song. Holy shit. I I mean, in my head, I was kind of transposing it into like the Billy Holiday version. So I was mm -hmm. here like, Mama May. And I was like, fuck man. I have no like I don't know why in my world for some reason that song was a kind of a Christmas song. I don't know why. Maybe I think it got like lumped into a Christmas compilation where somebody sure. was just, oh yeah, they mentioned God and this song must be about Christmas, right? <laughs> And then I was like, damn, damn. I don't know who wrote that song, but damn, that's a good song. Anyway. I know I, our, God, wait, God Bless the Child was originally written by Billie Holiday. Was it written by Billie Holiday? Performed? And Arthur Herzog and Jr. Well, yeah, definitely performed by Billie Holiday. No, but also co-written. Co-written. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, no, good for Billie Holiday, man. Oh, man, what a talent. This album made me want to go listen to Billie Holiday, but I didn't have time. <laughs> Put it on your because you had to listen to this stinking album, right? I listened to this album twice. Twice. I mean, wasn't I'll a tell you, this album's album. better than some other albums we've been listening to recently for other reasons. Oh uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. When I think about back to when I bought this album, it was obviously because Simpsons were hot. This was a commodity to have, and that single "Do the Bartman" was really like big on the radio, big on TV, and all. But then 
I ended up listening to it, not knowing what the blues is to begin with. And really, I hated this album when it came out. I liked two songs on it. Huh, really? Mm. Yeah. But now listening to it like 30 years later, it's pretty good. I could, I could actually sit and listen to it. I agree. Even though it's a comedy record in a way, although I wouldn't think it's that funny. No, like I don't find the jokes that funny or in it. Well, there aren't that many jokes. No, they're straight ahead. Just trying to make a music album, which was strange. Interesting. It's better than just a, I don't know. I mean, it could be better than just a bunch of jokes because it's actually something original, right? Like there are classic Mm -hmm. comedy records or even I've got like some old Muppet show records where they just, basically do the skits right Mm -hmm. even the skitty parts and you're like well this doesn't really land as well on a on a on vinyl or on a record album or on audio right Mm -hmm. but here they at least went out and they got a pretty decent cast to guest on on in and around well okay (laughs) yeah speaking of the voices though did you guys find that because you weren't watching the animated characters and you were just listening to their voices were you guys kind of picturing their voice actors doing this more than you were picturing the animated character doing it? Um, yes. 100% actually, because it made me I was think picturing... while I was listening to it, I was thinking of Yardley Smith and I was thinking of Nancy Cartwright and it made me look them up at the same time. Yeah. And I was a little more interested in them. And the other thing too is these are the old voices, right? These are season one voices. Yeah. So yeah, this I, th- I believe old... this album was released during season, right before season two. Yeah. yeah, so that makes sense because the Homer voice on this is the different Homer voice. It's this hey, Homer voice. Same actor, he just changed it up. Well, And Castanella? It just evolved, right? It just evolved yeah. over the years. It's like, even over the seasons, when you if you hear The Simpsons now, you hear a different voice than you heard in the mid-90s. Yeah, but like, and I think he... the majority of the actors, voice actors on The Simpsons are the same, except for the exception of those who passed away, such as Phil Hartman, right? But but they don't bring those characters that they did back if they pass yeah, away. Yeah, they just write yeah. them off, yeah. Um, so that was what I was finding was really interesting, is, and I noticed that Marge overall gets kind of short shrift on this record. She hmm. does get two songs, but one song is she talks. She doesn't mm-hmm. sing, which mm-hmm. is the uh, Springfield Soul Stew. Yeah, she gets the mm-hmm. classic funk track. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, in real life, I love that track. It's the Motown like, R&B track. It's the classic, like, I'm going to bring in the instruments. Bring in some horns. But I, I think I know why she only has two. Because imagine, especially early on, learning how to do this voice, having to sing in the Marge Simpson voice. Yeah, yeah. How hard would that be? <laughs> I mean, for the most part, you would think that for any of the voices. But this hers is Marge's oh, specifically. But it's nice to see uh, Lisa actually get to do some singing and it's it's actually good i would say yeah. uh it's yardley smith who does lisa right she can yes. actually sing mm-hmm. and well and i would say that her voice is the most consistent from then till now yeah definitely right? bart's pretty consistent um nancy cartwright you but can there hear are... the youth there's more youth in his voice yeah there's subtle differences yeah yeah you buy him more as a well you buy her more as a nine-year-old boy on this than you do when you listen to it now but i would say yardley smith is the one that's the most consistent to know and also yeah she probably has the best singing voice on this whole album Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah i was impressed let me tell you lisa is not my favorite character on the show i actually find her quite irritating as a character like oh, if it's somebody... a centric episode i usually watch it. 
somebody butting in must be Lisa Simpson. Uh, yeah. You sound like uh, that episode where uh, where Flanders snaps <laughs> and he goes off and tells everybody in the community what he hates about them. That's on the list later. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I'll save it then. But the, that's what you sound like right now. I only have to, while you're speaking, it's hilarious. I had a roommate once that I came home and he's watching the Simpsons and he's just watching the Simpsons in the living room. Like I'm taking my shoes off at the front door or something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like a, like a, a scene, not a an episode per se. I don't remember the episode, but it's like Lisa just doing her like know-it-all thing or whatever. And he's like, Oh, Lisa, God, I hate it. She's such a know-it-all. <laughs> that's actually what I was laughing about. I'm like, like, yeah, you story. Did. I'm like, yeah. That's her character. You figured it out. <laughs> yes. Uh, they wrote her to be this person, this annoying person, I suppose. Some people might find her very endearing, I guess. Depends on what kind of personalities you like. I, I think her character... I, I think she annoys the shit out of me sometimes. on your alignment. I think her character overall, though, she's had some of the best episodes. She's had a lot of growth. She's she's the, mm. the character that helps the other characters look inward. I, I, she's, I, uh, she's probably what the character who keeps the family balanced the most. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. it's chaos, right? I yeah. look the, these characters work so well because of their different personality types, where they really work off of each other. Mm-hmm. Actually, I mean that's what I hate, like you know, about modern Simpsons when you try and watch it, is that the characters lack depth now. They just became like self-referential tropes of themselves, right? Totally. Oh, like watching Married with Children. Uh, that's how I like feel later, about Married with Children. In like later seasons of Married with Children, that's, they had the same, yeah. same problem, especially with Al. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? They got it. They went into a real rut, a real uh, stereotypical. And then well, this happens, and then this happens. You could project like everything. Yeah, at the they, beginning, the very first couple of seasons were different, though. They were actually well, and that's what I would say about the Simpsons, right? While we're yeah, on the topic sure. of the Simpsons, for which sure. is why it's so interesting that this album came out like after the first season, where the first season is, you know, they're they're, they're figuring out so many of these character traits and tropes and things about the about the show and the characters and whatnot. And so, I mean, obviously. You know, at this point, the star breakout star that was popular with kids was Bart. Yeah. And at the time, it was uh, I guess okay. I, I did a little bit of digging on this, and I'm sure you did as well, Naomi. But what I found interesting is that they intentionally went out of their way to make sure that Bart's tracks were like hip hop tracks, <laughs> because he tested well with both kids. Obviously, me being one of them, mm-hmm. uh, I was nine years old at the time this album came out. And uh, I remember being proud of the fact that m- uh, me and Bart Simpson were the same age. Yeah. I saw him as like a like a like an like an idol, but at the same time also like a peer. You know, like he was kind of like, oh, that's the nine year old. That's the kid. Like I want to be. I want to be a Bart Simpson. He was just so cool. But he also tested really well with like African African American audiences. Mm-hmm. So so that like they were like rap songs. They were like capitalize on that. Make sure that he has. He has songs, hip hop songs, you know, that speak about being Bart Simpson, being a nine-year-old, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But okay, I, I only go on that whole long spiel because Do the Bartman brought me to this album. Mm-hmm. But on this listen, Deep Deep Trouble is the superior track. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very much so. The, the DJ Jazzy Jeff track. Yeah, I didn't know, but now it makes sense. And yeah. Looking into the, the credits, I'm like, this is totally a Fresh Prince song. 
<laughs> it's parents it's 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 like it's yeah parents, parents just, don't, just understand, don't understand girls of the world like whatever right like it you is know you know what's crazy totally. about the track this is such a strange occurrence um so the episode of dope nostalgia that's coming out next week after this one is shakespeare's sister and i spoke mm. with one of the members of shakespeare's sister her name cool. is marcy her real name is marcy levy but her stage name is marcella detroit I'm looking through this Wikipedia last night, getting ready for this episode with you guys. And I read in the credits that she's one of the vocalists on Deep, Deep Trouble. Oh, you and gotta I ask her about that. Well, it's too late. Oh, I already did the happened. interview. Oh, shit. I didn't know. I didn't know she was one of the singers. So she's one of the Trouble. Yes. She's one of those. Yeah. Damn. Isn't that crazy? Deep, like, just deep it's just such trouble. a strange coincidence. Bartholomew J. That's Bart with an art and a capital B, then Simp plus S-O-N. That's me. Introductions aside, let's move right along. You can all sing along at the sound of the gong. Once upon a time, about a week ago, all of a sudden, trouble started to grow. Alarm was buzzing, I was snoozing. Supposed to get up now, but I was refusing to let reality become an intrusion. Cause in dreamy dreamland, I was cruising, but the buzz kept buzzing. My head kept buzzing, gave the radio a throw and heard an explosion. Opened up my eyes to my surprise. There stood Homer in his temperature rise. I was chilling, he was yelling. Face all distorted cause he was propelling. It wasn't what he said, but more of his tone. The usual jive. Put your nose to the grindstone. I said, I'm real sorry, but that didn't cut it. I started to protest, but Dad said, Shut it! Get up! Mow the lawn! Move it on the double! Cause if you don't, you're in deep, deep trouble! talking about man okay do the bar man was calculated that's marketing for sure and not that this whole album isn't some kind of marketing mm-hmm. obviously they're trying to capitalize it was uh david geffen i believe that was like hey those simpsons are popular huh. i want to put out a simpsons album um and then matt and then here's what we have here is is how do you pronounce matt is it graining graining, graining i think god it, it's not spelt that way right no, <laughs> no i always say groaning groaning yeah but I think it's graining every time I've be, heard people say it. It's got to be like Austrian or something. Graining. Do people realize that Homer's ear, Homer's hair and his ear are his initials? MG. MG. Oh, like, only sometimes. I've looked at that a lot. And his, his, his ear is not always a G. His, no, but his hair is always an M though. Um, his right ear is a G. But, okay, anyway. <laughs> he, he picked this to taste, his taste. Marketing was get the hip hop songs on there, but like doing all the like other like the blues and the Motown and you and know straight up Randy Newman. Well, it's it's a cover of a Randy yeah. Newman song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all him. So, which is interesting about that because yeah, you're right, Naomi. I agree with you. When I was a kid and I got my hands on this, 
it was because mm-hmm. of do the bartman i remember them playing do the bartman after an episode of the simpsons 100 yeah. percent. it was advertised on like tv that stick around after the simpsons for a premiere video i'm sure if we looked it up we could probably find a youtube clip of it that's exciting as fuck oh, stuff absolutely. Then. yeah and you know and i remember being like yeah we're plugged like i was on my knees our tv was one of those big console tvs that sat on the floor big wooden thing tube tv and i must have been just inches from it just waiting for do the bartman to come on give it to me let's go let's do this and it came on and i don't know how i ended up with the cassette eventually i don't know if it was i have a feeling it was a stocking stuffer i don't quite remember the the moment that i got the cassette or how i got the cassette because it came out in december so it might have been christmas that year but then again i might have not gotten it until the following year possibly yeah I'm not sure, but I do remember that I was like grade three, grade four when I had it. I remember taking it to school and showing it off. Uh Ah, and then some of my other friends had it too, but it was like, you know, we were all showing. It was like taking baseball cards to school and being like, "Who Mm -hmm. do you got?" Right? Mm -hmm. And we were like, you know, we do with weird owl tapes too. Were you guys saying that you didn't like the album originally Mm. when you were kids? Me, but that's just it. Is no, I didn't. Oh, that's crazy. I liked Do the Bartman. Mm-hmm. I liked maybe I liked School Day a little bit. I liked some of those, some of the like like deep. I like deep trouble. trouble. Yeah. I liked I look at all those idiots. Yeah, mm. but yeah. I was nine, dude. Why would I like? I love to see you smile. Yeah, I mean, I I know that when I, I love. I remember loving the album. I don't remember loving like sibling rivalry, the song, or 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 what a uh, meatloaf song. I love to see you smile, <laughs> but I remember other stuff. Like I remember really liking the Springfield Soul Stew Funk Jam. You know, you like know what that like song that. reminds me of now. The Springfield Stew Stew is the uh, the band on Saturday Night Live. Oh, totally! I, I, that song sounds like them completely. Every time Kurt, something like that comes band? on, yeah, whatever band they've always had. But there's the oh no no sounds. the band has changed over the years. Oh it, I know I know the one but... you're probably thinking of, seeing as this is a '90s nostalgia uh, podcast, is probably a GE Smith band. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've always had a similar aesthetic for sure. There's like a sound there, the saxophone, Waylon saxophone. Yeah. Yep. No, it felt like like the definitely like a commercial or some kind of a break during SNL. Um, it reminded me of like the Motown or actually not even Motown more the Stax record uh, sound at the time, like our time, I should say, the sixties, the, the like Archie Bell and the Drells. Totally. Um, um, oh, who we else? Dan- we dance as good as we want. Yeah. Do the Drells and we dance as good as we want. Do Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> What because there's a bunch of there was a bunch of songs like that. Every band at the time had a song that was them building the band. Sure, and obviously that was probably down. a trend started a little bit by like a James Brown or mm-hmm. especially in a live show. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, in this case, it, it's it's technically a cover. They changed it though, because it's Memphis Soul Stew. Right. The original song. And then they changed this to Springfield Soul Stew. But I mean, I guess it's good well, good good pick for Marge. They're probably scratching their heads going like, okay. What else can we make Marge sing? And uh, what is the name of the actress that does Marge's voice? She's one of Uh-oh. the more obscure of the bunch. Uh-oh. I wish it was just clickable right now off the Wikipedia. Julie Kavner. Julie Kavner. I could picture her, but uh, I could not remember her name. Um, 
I'm sure at the time too, like who knows now that she's been doing Marge Simpson's voice for what, how long, how, how many years has it been? 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Show came but... out in 89. <laughs> oh, well she started doing Marge's voice a few years before that on the Tracy Allman show. Yeah, Tracy show. Allman. For those who don't know, that's where the Simpsons originated from was mm-hmm. the Tracy Allman show as a short. Well, Matt Groening ha- was a cartoonist. Uh, like, you know, he drew a few uh, strips for newspapers and underground comics and things like that. And uh, he was actually famous for doing these like rabbits, yeah. these like humanoid rabbits. Mm-hmm. And he got approached by the Tracy Allman show to do a, 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 like a short animated segment. And uh, I'm not sure it was supposed to be based on one of his cartoons originally but for whatever reason he switched the pitch up to be like oh what if i did one kind of based on my family growing up like you know and he just kind of you know homer is based on his dad and marge is based on his mom and bart's kind of him but then as it like it evolved he you know was like well really at the age he was at you know he was like i'm more of the homer (laughs) whatnot Hmm. but but you know it was it, it 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 premiered on fox speaking of married with children right Tracy Allman yeah. show premiered on Fox. Uh, Married with Children was around the same time. Was it one of the original yep. lineup? It was one the of the Sunday night lineups. Yeah. Uh, Fox had this whole theme kind of based on like they were going to be different than all the other established stations at the time. So their sitcoms were more of like, <laughs> we're going to be trashy, trashy as fuck. Well, yeah, we're going to be the anti Cosby show. You know, even there was like Roseanne and stuff was on the air at the time or whatever, sure. but like this, oh, that's true. yeah, maybe Roseanne like they wanted... was the catalyst that made them go that direction. Yeah. But they wanted to take like the, you know, the, the preconceived notion of like sitcom families being leave it to beaver and kind of throw that on its head a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also they wanted to experiment. And one of those things is like, what if we did a family sitcom, as a cartoon you know that hasn't really been done since the flintstones what if we did mm. you know a uh, not a trashy version but like a more right. real gritty and not in the gritty like you know like uh christopher nolan batman like <laughs> version of gritty no. but like you know warts and all like what's family life really like what are the struggles that families here's, really have here's a kid as- talking back to his dad and Here's your local drunk over at Moe's Tavern, and yeah, totally. just these different types of characters that you wouldn't expect in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I and I just remember part of that being really popular with me as a kid was that yeah, that Bart got away with a lot of stuff, even if he didn't get away with oh. stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. But you know, just the there was... fact that. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say just the just the fact that he was like he wasn't scared of the consequences. <laughs> you know is who Rebellious. i was yeah yeah and i remember there was some my parents weren't like too uptight about it but there was a few times that i remember them kind of being like should we be letting him watch this oh, <laughs> oh that was a, a big i got a bunch of that yeah that's that was part of the appeal too it was like no nah, i gotta watch it you said i can't watch it i gotta watch it you know? but i think originally yeah. my parents didn't want to necessarily like because in their world cartoon meant children Right. Yeah. Like adult animation wasn't really a thing. It was animation has always been kind of, you know, for everybody really, but like in their lifetime, it had been mostly Saturday morning children's programming is where you would see cartoons, maybe a feature before a movie or something like that. Right. But that's like heavy metal. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's in the that's X-rated in, in cinema. Yeah, that's like, not your typical situation. No. If you're watching cartoons on TV, it's you know it's the Bugs Bunny show on Saturday morning, right? But this was mm-hmm. this was this was basically where cartoons started to grow up with us, right? And well, it hasn't is, stopped at well, all. Well, this is where this is where my parents actually sat down and watched a cartoon with me. And at first, they might have been like, "Uh," because I'm going like, "Yeah, Bart's my hero," and they're like, "Yikes." But then they're laughing at Homer and Marge and the situation and they identify with the family, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they kind of let it go because they're like, oh, we get it. There's, you know, there's a real family dynamic here. There's actually heart in this. This isn't just like a nine-year-old getting away with stuff. Yeah. They still love, the the love is still apparent in the family, but Fox had something when they decided to go in the direction of dysfunctional family, because I think it made a lot of people feel more normal about their own lives. Finally. Instead of having to have this june cleaver aesthetic or happy days where everybody was supposed to be like that that also gets boring (laughs) oh it gets very boring yes absolutely i mean the flintstones before this was the longest running animated show on television and in syndication so what is the sim like what would we say 1989 is when the simpsons started so it's been on most of our lives yeah the majority of our lives so it's something that's uh opened the doorway for shows like South Park to come along. Well, that's just it. That's what I was saying. Like this was the big start of, you know, the maturing of adults of of, uh, of adult animation, which eventually ends up being things where it's like nowadays, even like it's not uncommon for, um, you know, cartoons to be aimed at adults, you know, like Archer <laughs> or anything on Adult Swim or anything. Like there's yeah. so much of it now. Drawn yeah. together. Oh, man. But that was, that was a stepping <laughs> oh, that stone. Was, that was like, uh, that was, uh, you know, maybe a misstep or something, but still learning. <laughs> I don't know. I remember laughing my ass off at that show. Like not, you know, I don't, I wouldn't hold it up. As it hasn't aged well. History. It's, it's not something you can, no, but it was doing the same sort of thing where it was attacking as many stereotypes as they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was funny. Everything I mean, it was wild, wild. Here's the thing about, paradise. about humor and comedy though, is even innocent humor doesn't age well it gets corny with time right sure yeah because you know references change things change circumstances change i don't know was okay like you go back and watch comedy movies from i don't know whenever the police academy sure we'll go farther than that let's let's go with the marx brothers blazing saddles oh the marx Uh, brothers yeah I love the Marx Brothers. So, but here's the thing is, there are these ones that do hold up, and those are the ones you guys are kind of mentioning. You're saying the Marx Brothers. You're no, saying the Marx Brothers still hold up, so that's not a good, yeah. And, but, you know, but it, it, but sometimes to laugh at some of the stuff, even Three Stooges, okay? Like, I know people who are diehard oh, rabbit fans. Three Stooges. I hate the Three Stooges. It annoys me. <laughs> isn't it always one or the other? Isn't it always the Marx Brothers or the Stooges? I mean, although both are great. No, they're both great for different reasons. Here's yeah. the thing. Marx Brothers have elements of slapstick humor, whereas the Stooges are pretty much all slapstick humor. All, all like they have a couple of elements of, you know, like one, two punchlines and things like that. But for the most part, they're like, you know, this wacky physical stuff. Whereas the Marx Brothers had a little bit more diversity where they have these characters that, you know, you know, that that had quick witticisms, but then they also have like full on physical characters. You know, they sure. can go back and forth, whatever the scene called for. That quick wit um, can be beat. Um, anyway, the, the whole thing about bringing up like the context of, you know, things changing over time and humor kind of changing over time or whatever was that it's, it's funny to go back to something like this, to some sing the blues and, and listen to this and be like, was it funny? I don't know if it's funny. 
Like, was it supposed to be funny or was it supposed to be this? Album? I mean, yeah. I think it's funny as it's funny in if you look at it like maybe more of a satire where it's like they're doing bluesish bluesish songs, you know. But they never really do do any satire. They just basically do straight up versions of these songs. Yeah. They perform them. I mean, then they do fine. School Day has a little bit of back and forth where, uh, by the way, it's Buster Poindexter who's singing. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would have never guessed that until I looked into the credits. Until you read the liner yeah. notes. Because I don't, I don't actually remember reading these liner notes as a kid. Or if I did, I didn't notice things. Like I didn't realize that uh, the, the piano solo on the Randy Newman song was actually Dr. John. Because like, that wouldn't have yeah. meant shit to me at the time. But now exactly. I'm like, oh, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, well, we no, didn't I know who those people were yet. Exactly. No. no, when I was nine and listening to this, to me, Bart Simpson was doing it. You know, I knew yeah, yeah. I wasn't so naive to think that like there wasn't somebody doing his voice. I knew that, <laughs> but at that that point, I was like, oh yeah, I'm picturing, um, you know, Bart doing it. But mm-hmm. but anyway, I'm just saying, like listening to it now, and I'm like. Uh, yeah, there was. I don't know if they were trying to make this funny, or if it was supposed to be a comedy album, or if it was just purely a marketing tie-in. Well, also, well, and I, I did read a piece that was saying that you know this was a wave of merchandising that other shows and other cartoons were doing at the time. You know, it was just like this is this is how we get the money. You know, like I know Flintstones wasn't on at the same time, but like Flintstones did it. We we got to do it kind of thing. Well, okay, but I heard it the other way. I heard that. Everybody jumped on board because the Simpsons did it first. I mean, and then that kicked off a wave of everybody. Yeah, Simpsons did it. (laughs) Simpsons did it. Uh, (laughs) You know that uh, that in the wake of this, even Disney jumped more on board and started finding characters. Like they got a whole album of Caribbean and reggae songs sung by By Sebastian Sebastian the Crab. Yeah, you know, as like, oh, it turns out we can we can sell albums to kids too, right? Oh, the right. one that really interested me on that list was the one that I never knew about that Nintendo had licensed an album based on the Mario, Mario one. Mar- MCA Records put it out, and I never even heard of this thing. Yeah, and they didn't not, do a it has good job to, of marketing. <laughs> no, and it had absolutely nothing to do with any of their games. So, so kind of like the Mario movie. Yeah. <laughs> They really didn't know how to market outside the box over there at Nintendo. Uh, Interestingly enough, though, before this, speaking of you, like Charlie, you mentioned the Muppets and Jim Henson before. I do remember as a kid having a handful of albums that were, you know, purely music albums by like the Fraggles. Sure. Yeah. They kind of Smurfs album. Yeah. I think I had a Smurfs album. I mean, those are just, I mean, at the time they were just kids albums, though, right? California they were like cartoon comedy albums. They were just kids' albums. They were just I wonder aimed if at kids. They were going for a California yeah. Raisins type idea with this because, like, that's like a soul R and B cover album. I feel like that might have influenced this a little bit. Well, okay, but that's what leads me to think that the, maybe this was not marketed at kids hmm. because, okay. other than a couple of songs that are clearly like you know, like the Bart songs are a lot more aimed at kids for sure. Yeah. But other than that, the selection is not that kid friendly. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of makes sense because The Simpsons wasn't meant to be for kids. We just found our character that we identified with. Like Bart, when we were kids, was our portal in. But like I was saying, yeah. it was my parents watching it going like, should he be watching this? And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, this is actually funny. Like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, Homer and Marge and the whole family dynamics funny. 
this is primetime television. I feel like that Matt Groening and and David Geffen tried to make a legitimate record just for Simpsons fans, regardless mm-hmm. of age. Like you could well, play this in the car for the yeah. whole family, not just to keep the kids happy, but like, you know, you get to born under a bad sign and dad's like, yeah, I feel like Homer, you know? I, I get it, man. I get it, you know? Real you know what? I kind of I get that because I feel like maybe what they were trying to do is uh, tap into like another like the sort of thing that something like the Muppets does do, where you get the completely just for kids only kid like this is a gag for kids, but then also you get Sam the Eagle saying this other joke that is definitely for adults, right? It's just that mm-hmm. that marriage of trying two to hit levels. both audiences. Yeah, yeah, two levels for sure. Two levels to it, and I also feel like anything that the Muppets did was. Uh, like musically was also something that was supposed to appeal to the car ride with the whole yeah. family, you know, <laughs> where, where it's enjoyable for everybody. Right. Not just uh, listening to a kid's album. So oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. This album was trying to be legit, whether they were trying to play off marketing. Cause the Simpsons fucking merchandise was just through the roof. Like, I feel like in the early nineties, a lot of these, um, I don't know what the, whether it's music or TV or movies, a lot of whatever that um, group was, they were trying to sell you stuff that wasn't just the album or just the movie. Right. It was just this whole thing about marketing merchandise that was massive. And the Simpsons was like crazy with t-shirts. And- well, yeah, I think this was at a time when they were selling like a quarter million Bart Simpson t-shirts a year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like oh, that's and, a lot of t-shirts. And think about that. The, the, like, the I don't what do you call it the 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 secondary the knockoff market yeah like I know market. for a fact that as a kid I had a lot of knockoff Simpson stuff that was not licensed whatsoever you <laughs> international <know>? clothers <laughs> like yeah. selling stuff selling crap. stuff is so much more interesting <laughs> the bootleg market yeah there was tons of it man all Amazing. these little like clip on you know you're supposed to clip them on your vi your fucking sun visor or whatever on your window like your all that stuff. I had a bunch of, I had tons of that stuff, man. Did I had Bart guys... Simpson shirts where, you know, he's like, it says like, don't, don't, don't have, like, instead of saying, don't have a cow, it says, you know, like, I will not eat a cow or something like, don't have my shorts, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's how they got around it. That's crazy. <laughs> but even then they didn't even bother sometimes. I, I, I had a favorite Bart Simpson t-shirt. And it was the classic, you know, Bart arms out in the little window thing. It said, eat my shorts. And I remember uh, I always put it out on my desk, you know, instead of like putting it away or putting it in my drawer. Like if I, I put it on my desk and like laid it out because I was like, I'm so proud of this shirt. Yeah. And then I, I left it a little too close to a hamster cage. <gasps> and the hamster chewed off one of the arms. Just the arm. <laughs> And boom just like that your first armless t-shirt no i yes. was so i was so devastated because i had to wear this thing to school i wanted to wear this thing to school i should say I didn't have to and i was like but I wear my so <laughs> so my mom my mom and uh, actually my grandmother my mom got gave it to my grandmother to sew whole new sleeves on a t-shirt so she, <laughs> wow. but she had to take the other sleeve off so they would match yeah, mm-hmm. and they were a little bit different. Like they, they weren't quite the same original white T-shirt. They were a different T-shirt. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't not have my Bart Simpson T-shirt. That's mm-hmm. understandable. Yeah. <laughs> An 
today's special is Springfield Soul Stew. We sell so much of this, people wonder what we put in it. Well, we're gonna tell you right now. <clears throat> Give me about a half a teacup of base. Now I need a pound of fatback drums. Spoons of boiling Springfield guitar. This is gonna taste alright. albums and artists that really turned you onto music. The ones that made you really stop and listen. The ones that shaped your tastes and opened your horizons. That's what we want to talk about. Dig deep into your vinyl, CDs, or even stream away. Let's listen and learn all about what made you fall in love with music in the first place. This is Learning to Listen. So good. Okay, interesting take. Uh, could you read like a human being? That's exactly the way a human would read that. Take two. The ones that, uh, I don't know, shaped your tastes and opened your horizons, you know? That's, that's, that's what we want to talk about, you know? You know? Dig, <laughs> dig deep into your vinyl, CDs, or even stream away. Join Quinn, Charlie, and myself, Naomi, for a brand new album every single week on L2L, Learning to Listen. Found everywhere great podcasts are served. Hey, Bart, want to trade lunches? No way, dude. I got each of the four food groups. Sandwich group, cow group, jungle group, Butterfinger group. Hey, there's no Butterfinger group. Oh, contraire, mon frere. The Butterfinger group has the chocolatey, crispity, peanut buttery taste essential for survival. I don't have the Butterfinger group. Looks like you could die of malnutrition, dude. Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. I do remember being, you know, listening to this album and wanting to really like it, but I only, I probably only actually listened to it. Maybe as a kid, you know how you could just put anything on and watch it or listen to it like over and over and over again ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think because I had to like try and like fast forward and rewind to find my favorite songs. I think I probably this, this eventually probably after a few weeks hit the pile and I never put it on again. I agree. It was a quick quick listen for me um where i didn't really go back to it after the hype of the bartman died down um which was the lead off single obviously there has been so much conjecture over the years of who actually wrote <laughs> do the bartman or who because oh yeah shaman i tell you people are <laughs> it was very obvious so obvious just listening to that if you know michael jackson's music at all there's so many elements of his songwriting style musically in that song (laughs) not lyrically but musically i mean just even when you put in like in the bridge when there's like the guitars like when michael jackson puts guitar in one of his tracks it sounds exactly like that but oh no i agree crediting they didn't back in the day when it came out not michael jackson was not credited in any way yeah. well 
he was he also uncredited he for he was also uncredited for his cameo on The Simpsons too. That is true. And it, Lisa, I should even. It's your birthday. So here's the crazy <laughs> thing about that too is you know people talk about a cameo. Uh, if you watch that episode, he's in almost the entire episode, most a lot of the scenes. Like he's in more than fifty percent of that episode. That's not a cameo. That's a guest starring role. Mm-hmm. He and, plays a mental patient who thinks he's Michael Jackson. Yeah, and it's only in the very last. Well, it's, it's funny thing about that too, though, is he thinks he's Michael Jackson, but at the end, he kind of admits that he's not Michael Jackson, yeah. or he doesn't actually think he's Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's he's just like, oh, if I talk like Michael Jackson, people treat me different, and then I can do good for people. But my favorite thing though is that when he walks away, he sings the "Lisa, it's your birthday" song differently. Like he sings it more like a like a like a Lisa, guy from like Jersey or something. Happy birthday, Lisa! Like he's not singing it like that. You know, he's doing like the Frank Sinatra version of "Lisa, it's your birthday." For sure. Yeah. yeah. But okay, it's a. We all know, even though he never got uh, credit for that. But here's the thing: is nowadays when it's Michael Jackson is a more controversial figure, mm-hmm. it gets pulled. That episodes get pulled from like streaming services. I don't know if you even know if it's on Disney Plus right now. Right? People are like, "Yikes, Michael Jackson." We know it's Michael Jackson for sure. Yeah. Why else would it ever get pulled? If they, if the, if the creators of Simpsons could come forward and be like, no, we got a Michael Jackson impersonator. Why would that episode ever get pulled? Right. Because like, oh, it's not really Michael Jackson. Well, there's too much myth already around it that it was Michael Jackson. So even if you tell them it specifically wasn't, then people still will think that it will. So then they pull it for that reason. Okay. Too much time on your conspiracy podcast. No, I'm telling you. And it wasn't Michael Jackson on the album either. He didn't, he didn't actually write the song. You don't think so? No, I think they, I've read a thing. I've read a footnote that was like, no, the guy said that, uh, like uh, the story of the song and its creation has been a thorn in my side since I did it. But oh, that was McGraining Matt- because Graining. I got leaked. No, it says, but despite McGraining's repeated confessions, I am the sole writer of the song. He and that was years not, ago when that was said. I don't buy that he's the sole writer of the song. That's they were how still trying can... to cover it up back then when that was yeah, said. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't buy that for look, a second that he was now, the sole writer of the song because A, he brought in all the writers from The Simpsons to write the lyrics for the other songs. So why wouldn't he have brought in writers? So even if he, even if Michael Jackson didn't write the song, Matt Groening is not the sole writer. No, 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 I don't think it was Matt Groening. Brian, Lauren. I think it Brian was, Lauren is supposed to be the songwriter. That's the credited songwriter. Yeah, um, that was the guy who did that to, quote, who said that quote. Oh, that was a long time ago. Not my girl. Now, not that Wikipedia is the you know actual factual source of everything on the internet, but the track listing like it is. (laughs) I'm going to the track listings on there do say it was written by Brian Lauren and Michael Jackson. Here, hold on. Give me a second. Look back in a minute. I'm going to change it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's it say now? Oh, now shit. it says it was written by Brian Lauren and Charlie Scream. So how do you like That's that? That's what I was hoping you were going to do. <laughs> Take that credit. It wasn't long ago, just a couple of weeks. I got in trouble, yeah, pretty deep. Homer was yelling, <laughs> mom was too. Because I put mothballs in the beef stew. Punishment time in the air lurks gloom. Sitting by myself, confined to my room. When all else fails, nothing else left to do. I turn on the music so I can feel the groove. Whoa, I'm the 
Bart, you're bad like Michael Jackson. Everybody, if you can do the button, oh yeah. Shake your body, turn it out if you can dance. Shake your body, turn the side, yes you can, can. Everybody in the house, yeah, do the button. Everybody, if you can do the button, shake your body, turn it out. Yeah, I. It sounds so much, and uh, well. Okay, but would, if Michael Jackson like, did it, wouldn't it be better? Or if he had even, you are know, are you saying like, it's not good? I'm saying it's definitely sounded like, uh, like, like very period specific synth. Yeah, it sounds like Michael Jackson of the late '80s. It sounds it could, like Michael it could, Jackson. It would have been, sounded better if it was him. No, okay, like Michael listen, Jackson. The bad album is not the best Michael Jackson album. I didn't Pretty say. good though. Hot take. <laughs> Obviously, it's Thriller. Well, yeah, but you're going album. I think back. it's dangerous, y'all. Dangerous. Anyway, See, that's, what, that's what I mean though. Is like you're. This is okay. Look, if this is a Michael Jackson album, this might not even make the cut. This might hit the fucking butt because it was a commercial. Like, oh, I'm, you know, whatever Michael Jackson came up with was going to make the record. All Maybe right. he just threw it together for shits and giggles. But or, it's not that, oh, no, you're my name off right. of this, right? Let's say Charlie's right, and Michael Jackson had nothing to do with it. Then they were purposely just trying to make a Michael Jackson song. There is, a, I believe, 100% that, that they would say that this guy would be like, okay, we need a Michael Jackson song. Give me a Michael Jackson song, but done by Bart. Okay, he referenced Michael. He referenced Mike. References Michael Jackson in the song. You can do the Bart. Yeah. You're bad like Michael bad Jackson. Like Michael Jackson. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like just rip off Michael Jackson, and then we'll make a million dollars. You don't think that he would sue if it wasn't him? Do you think maybe know. they had to give him writing credits so that he, he was a sue? huge fan of the show? We do know that much. His fucking vocals were on the album, on the on the record. You think it is his backing vocal on this song? It or, is. You can hear it. He's other... not doing. He's doing his lower range one, but he does the same ones that he does on like um, bad, like smooth criminal. Mm-hmm. They're on this. That's him. <laughs> yeah, I think I do think it's him. There's like okay. 80 percent okay. of me thinks Michael Jackson was involved in this song. Yeah, look, Simpsons were the hottest property of the time. <laughs> Michael Jackson was like, you know, like this is in the Moonwalker era of Michael Jackson, right? Now, mm-hmm. did this come before or after the episode with Michael Jackson in it? It has to be oh. before because that was later. This is this is season two about to this start. Is, okay, so that in the so happy birthday is in season one. Yeah, the wild thing about how long it takes, even then it took them to make an episode of The Simpsons was it takes them the better part of a year. So that episode could have been in production. Uh, when Why? when did that come out? Because that was an early that was an early episode, right? And then you look at South Park, throw it together in four or five days. Well, six. Yeah. So, like, I was, I was just wondering, like, did this album come out and they ripped off a Michael Jackson song? And then Michael Jackson was like, hey, I really like your show, but that's not nice that you just use my name in a song like that. And they're like, okay, we'll come voice this character and then I'll we'll be forgiven. Okay, no. but no, you can't put my name in anything because I got all these contracts. Hey, 
<laughs> Your impression of Michael Jackson is the is the Jack Michelson from South Park. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. Come back. Oh. Hey, blanket. No, that's ignorant. That's ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's it. that's probably exactly what happened though there's a part in the middle of that song too where um something crashes and bart goes what is bart saying is he saying you can't touch this i didn't know he says i didn't do it you didn't see me do it you can't prove anything right before that can't touch this i swear he says that oh yeah 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 you're right he does say that but that was like why is he saying that also some mc hammer but mc hammer and mj had a feud didn't they have a feud? They did. Oh, maybe that was the way that like MJ was sneaking it in there. They get super deep. He's like, mm. yeah, you, deep, bro. We might have you, to bring this over to conspiracy. You can't That's touch right. this. Be, How about this will be the subject that spans podcasts. <laughs> yeah, okay. it could it could happen. Okay, what happen. episode? What episode was Happy Birthday, Lisa? In? It was early. It was like in second oh. or third season. For sure. Okay, but then that Go means it comes people. after the album's been out. Well, the album was out in 90. We know that. Okay. It came out in December of 1990. Um, so, okay. I'm just going to Google Michael Jackson. While you're doing that, I wanted to just briefly touch on a couple of the other songs that uh, I noticed some things about that I love to see you smile. The one we mentioned that doesn't, it's basically a Homer and Marge duet, like a love song to each other. It's not a song for kids. It's not funny. It's just there. Is that supposed to be like an all in the family type thing? Or is it just because Marge sounds like, like the uh, bunker lady there? I don't remember her name. <laughs> I never bunker? watched all in the family. Edith bunker. Yeah. Edith bunker. Oh, Archie. I mean, yeah. sort of, it doesn't hurt, but also it is straight up a Randy Newman song and it sounds like oh, a Randy okay. Newman song. I feel like Matt Groening was probably a Randy Newman fan. It makes a lot of sense. The, sum- the, the humor of the Simpsons and like Randy Newman's humor mm. go, are kind of simpatico. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, did Randy Newman, has Randy Newman ever guessed it on the Simpsons? Yeah. He must have referenced sure him here he and has. there. Well, everybody has at this point. But Everybody. Um, okay, so the episode was season three, episode one, so the premiere of season three. Oh wow, that's so early. I'm assuming that negotiation, yeah, because it aired in uh, September of 1991. So production of this episode probably started either well in earlier that year or possibly even in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they probably started their relationship with Michael Jackson while working on that record, I would guess. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, hey, now that we've got this established relationship with you, we got an idea for a show. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. I don't know. But you don't like you don't like my idea where there was a, an apology, an active I don't think apology. So. I for, think he was a fan. Ripoff. I think he was a fan and he wanted to be involved. I think he wanted to be involved. I literally think that he was the one who said, Don't credit me. Yeah, for sure he said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't credit me on anything. He's just a huge fan. He just likes it. I just want to be here. I just want to do this show. And it just, you can't tell anybody I was here, though. <laughs> the other song. Promise me, uh, people will get mad. The other song I was going to talk about was that sibling rivalry, which we touched on earlier. I was like, oh, this is like one of those opuses of a tune. <laughs> but the thing that I thought was really cute and nuanced about this that you might not notice is right at the beginning, you hear the, su- the soother sucking sound of Maggie. <laughs> so she's there too. That was her contribution. That's it. 
I've always That's wondered if they would have pulled pulled off Simpsons the same without the character of Maggie because she doesn't really do anything, but she's so endearing and important in some way. She becomes a pivotal plot point at, at well within certain episodes. What's that episode where Bart is racing home? I can't remember why. Like but the like one that they do in the opener. No, 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 not the opening credits. No, no, no. There's an episode, but Bart's like on the skateboard, like trying to get home, and he's like, gotta get, gotta be like whatever. And then, uh, and then Homer's like hanging out the, the car window, like racing home too, because he's like, gotta change Maggie, gotta change Maggie, gotta change Maggie. <laughs> I don't know. But and then there's also, uh, you know, there's that whole episode where Homer almost makes it out of like the nuclear power plant. It's on and the then, list. Yeah, and then. <laughs> And then, you know, like they're, he's basically bowing down to be like, oh, I guess I'm stuck here or whatever. But he's rearranged all these pictures of Maggie because they put a big banner that says, like, don't forget, like, you'll never, I can't remember what it says. Yeah. Like, like, don't forget, we're, you'll we're like, you'll never, you'll never leave here. And then he rearranges all the pictures forever. of Maggie. So it's like, do it for her. It for yeah, oh, be, man. Yeah. I fucking cry when I see that yeah. scene. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, Maggie's yeah. important. Maggie's Is important. There, Another song I was going to comment on is um, Look at All These Idiots, obviously, Mr. Burns. I loved that song when I was a kid, by the way. Now, it sounds like a musical. just like. But why does this song remind me of See My Vest, See My Vest, See My Vest? When it's probably it says, written by the same people. But it says in the Wikipedia, for some reason, I thought that there was an episode featuring the song Look at All These Idiots. But there isn't, because in the Wikipedia, it says the only song that was ever used in an episode was just a piece of another tune and it wasn't that one. Hmm. I don't remember it in any of the uh, episodes. No, I will agree with Quinn. I do remember it from this album, like mm-hmm. not having listened to this album in how many years now? Jesus. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm just going to go and lie in my grave right away, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, th- when I think of this album, I obviously do the Bartman. And I think of uh, of Mona Lisa Blues and the other song that came to mind right away, like right away that I was like, oh, yeah, look at all of those idiots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A factory full of fools. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remembered it so clearly. I don't know. I remember really getting a kick out of that song when I was a kid. I'm not sure why, but mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. I, I liked like, it a lot. I like Smithers' guitar solo. It gets cut <laughs> off. It gets cut yeah. off. If there's, a, if there's a funny song on this album, it's that one. Mm-hmm. Right, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Mister Mister Burns is great though. <laughs> like, he's mm-hmm. a fun character. Like, uh, earlier on a different podcast, we were talking about evil. You know, characters yeah, who right. like, you're like, evil characters don't know they're evil. I'm like, pretty sure Mister Burns knows he's evil. And that's yeah. learning to listen. L two L podcast. Go check it out. Yeah. But he like, you know, it's like an episode like this. But he's always talking about it. Like he refers to everybody as inferiors, boobs, boobs, <laughs> or the yeah. yeah, exactly. Just the language is funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he got uh, the voice actor. Who does the voice of Mr. Burns? Is it? Oh, I feel like somebody who does a lot of the voices on the show. Oh, um, sure, it is. I'm seeing his Christopher face Collins. Right now. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Initially, initially by Christopher Collins, and currently by Harry Shearer. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, that Harry makes Shearer. sense. Switch Rooney. But Spine I think it, I think it was because this is first season stuff. I'm. I think it was. So was this Christopher Collins singing it, and not Harry Shearer? I mean, it doesn't say. The thing just says it's credited oh, to Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns. Oh, interesting, because I had read that uh, 
that the voice actor for Mr. Burns wrote a lot of the lyrics for this song, which would make sense because he because he's the guy who has to say the Mr. Burns things. Mm-hmm. So get the guy who knows what Mr. Oh, Burns. I, would I say. don't think I don't think um, Christopher Collins was Mr. Burns for more than like four or five appearance first appearances of Mr. Burns. So I can't remember how often he's in the first season. So if it's season two, or you know, in between seasons where they're putting this album together, then it could be Harry Shearer. Uh, I mean, this sounds a lot like a later, later episodes, uh, Mr. Burns voices, right? Right. Smithers, turn on the surveillance monitors. Yes, sir. It's worse than I thought. Each morning at nine, they trickle through the gate. They go home early, they come in late. Reeking of cheap liquor, they stumble through the day. Never give a thought to honest work for honest pay. I know it shouldn't vex me, I shouldn't take it hard. I should ignore their capering with a kingly disregard. But look at all those idiots, oh look at all those boobs. An office full of morons, a factory full of fools. Is it any wonder that I'm singing, singing the blues? Harris is a heavy burden, sir. I'm just kidding. So, okay. Can we look this up? <laughs> Who are you? The While same guy here up. is also the voice of Smithers. He does Mr. <laughs> Burns and Smithers, well, so he can't Harry do it Shearer, all in one take. Harry Shear does a ton of voices on The Simpsons. Yep. But a lot of people would also know him as uh, the bass player from Spinal Tap. That's right. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. he's yeah, he's very famous. Also, one of as you know, not just in uh, Spinal Tap, but also being one of um, uh, the p- players, the regular players for um, um, oh God, what's his name? Um, you know, uh, oh, he played Ni- Nigel Tuffman in uh, Nigel in uh, in in um, Spinal Tap, and and went on to direct a bunch of his own improvised movies, including oh, Best in Show, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you if you've ever seen a Christopher Guest movie, you've seen uh you've Harry seen Shearer. Harry Shearer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> while you're looking that up, uh, I did want to make a note that um, I was invested, obviously, in listening to who the voice actors were for The Simpsons yesterday, and I learned that their income currently for the primary cast is three hundred thousand dollars per episode each. Wow. That's How many episodes voice. are they putting in a season? Each voice, probably a standard like a fourteen or so, right? Wait for each for each voice. So if somebody's doing each five voice. voices, oh, each no, each actor. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, it's like if Can someone's doing like three or four, because Hank Azaria like, would be like, oh, here's a million an episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, per person, okay. and that's why I'm like, maybe that's why Matt and Trey went ahead and did all the fucking voices at South Park. Who knows? <laughs> you got to pay less people. <sighs> Hey, you well, have to pay somebody. There's well, there's pay. like a few other people at South Park, but not that many. Do you guys want to hear it? Sure. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, if you got it queued up, you got to share it. Look at that man. He has the crowd in the palm of his hand. Uh, haven't seen anything like it since Jolson. Who is he? That's definitely uh, different. So that's his. And look, Smithers is black in this episode. Get this Simpson character up here oh, right yeah. now. Oh, he did that Homer voice too. Okay, there, there we go. At last, really? Huh? 
How about that? Yeah, did you know Mr. Smithers was black in the pilot episode of The Simpsons? Did not. Now we know. They whitewashed the fuck out of that guy. That'd have been cool if they left him black. That'd have been great. I think it was actually he was meant he was always meant to be yellow, like everybody else in The Simpsons, except for the obviously black characters. Uh, I think it was a it was a mistake when they like shipped it off to like Korea or wherever they shipped it off for the right like on the Ninja Turtles episodes where sometimes they would have different color wrong color headbands. Yeah, oh man, all that animation in the eighties and early nineties where they outsourced like a lot of the animation. There's so many Deep. mistakes. Remember that company? Deep. 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 Before we wrap this episode up, I wanted to go through some of the most memorable moments of The Simpsons that I gathered. Um, I don't know if any if any come to mind for you guys that you wanted to talk about one of your favorite scenes. Steamed hams. Tell me more. Do you have a clip <laughs> That's or anything? It, just steamed hams. That's it. <laughs> uh, I don't remember that. Do you like steamed hams, the original, or are you just a fan of like all the memes that have happened after? I mean, I thought it was great originally, and then the fact that it turned into a thing was pretty cool. That's the one where um, um, where Skinner's gonna have Chalmers over for dinner or something like that, and he promises him steamed clams. Yeah, steamed clams, and he goes, "Oh," and he just says hamburgers, and he goes, "Oh, steamed clams." I, I was saying steamed hams. Yeah, that's what we call hamburgers. That's what we call hamburgers here. Yeah, but he's just gonna sneak out the window and steal them from the local Krusty Burger. That's right. Well, Seymour, I made it, despite your directions. Ah, Superintendent Chalmers, welcome. I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable luncheon. Ah. <laughs> oh, ye gods! My roast is ruined! But what if I were to purchase fast food and disguise it as my own cooking? <laughs> yeah, Delightfully devilish, Seymour. <laughs> Skinner with his crazy explanations. The superintendent's gonna need his medication. When he hears Skinner's lame exaterations, there'll be trouble in town tonight. Seymour! Superintendent, I was just uh, stretching my calves on the windowsill. Isometric exercise. Care to join me? Why is there smoke coming out of your oven, Seymour? Uh, oh, that isn't smoke. It's steam. Steamed from the steamed clams we're having. Mmm, steamed clams. <laughs> Superintendent, I hope you're ready for mouth-watering hamburgers. I thought we were having steamed clams. No, no, I said steamed hams. That's what I call hamburgers. You call hamburgers steamed hams? Yes, it's a regional dialect. Uh, uh what region? Uh, upstate New York. Really? Well, I'm from Utica, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase steamed hams. <laughs> oh, not in Utica. No, it's an Albany expression. I see. You know, these hamburgers are quite similar to the ones like they four, have at Krusty Burger. six burgers on that plate. Oh, 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 now no. Patented Skinner Burgers. Old family yeah. recipe. For steamed hams. Yes. <laughs> yes, and you call them steamed hams, despite the fact they are obviously grilled. <laughs> you know, the... One thing I should... Excuse me for one second. Of course. <laughs> oh, well, it was wonderful. Good time was had by all. I'm pooped. Yes, I should be. Good Lord, what is happening in there? Aurora Borealis. I... 
Aurora Borealis. Yes, at this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. May I see it? No. Seymour! Oh. The house is on fire! Wow. No, Mother, it's just the Northern Lights. Well, Seymour, you are an odd fellow, <laughs> but I must say, there you, go. you steam a good There you Classic. go. Classic. I had totally forgotten about that. That's just the first one that pops into my head, though. I'm surprised you haven't seen yeah. all the, like, uh, re-edited versions. It's it's basically a meme, that whole scene. I've, I've seen it as a steady meme, but I haven't seen re-edited things or anything. I've seen tons of them, man. Oh, you shit. go down a rabbit hole. If anybody is bored and curious, just, yeah. So go and, like, rabbit hole San Quentin. Yeah, <laughs> go, go down the steam tams rabbit hole. Yeah. What do you think? Do you have any in mind that you wanted to go? One that popped to mind, mind for me was, uh, I don't remember the name of the episode, but it's like Lisa becomes a vegetarian. Uh, your favorite character, Lisa. Ooh. That's a, another one of my favorites. Magical animal. Where where she manages to ruin the barbecue and the pig goes flying down the, uh, you know, and it's like, it's a little dirty, still good, still good. little airborne, still good, still good. Yeah. And then Mr. Burns and... and smithers yeah probably and then uh then uh mr burns and smithers are standing in the window of his office and mr burns goes like i'd like to donate a million dollars to the local orphanage when pigs fly and then, <laughs> and then the, the the pig flies by the window yeah. Should I make out that check, sir? No, I'd still rather not. <laughs> That's, uh, I still I still think of and laugh at one of the quotes. I think it was in that episode where Lisa's making a diorama of some sort. And she's got the glue and she's like hallucinating and she sees a hallucination of a of a horse or whatever. And it's like, you or a cow. And she says, you won't eat our meat, but you'll glue with our feet. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, but then Apu introduces her to uh, Paul and Linda McCartney at the end of the That's episode. Right. That's right. And uh, and oh. she's and she's like, why can't people? Maybe that I don't know. These clips are long. But then she's like, why can't people understand that they could, you know, sustain themselves off of vegetables and like you know animal byproducts? And they're like, oh no, <laughs> we would never consume dairy. And she's like, you must think I'm a monster. And he's like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get out of here. <laughs> But I've come to learn to tolerate you know, people. Anyway, it's a good episode, Lisa the Vegetarian. I feel, I feel like you've explained the whole plot of it. Oh, Nailed yeah. it. You don't Boom. need to. The clips are too long. Basically, yeah. the clips, I'm trying to find the, like, the shorter clips here. Like, Well, obviously, we talked about do it for her. Okay, look for Lisa, don't eat me. Don't eat me? Lisa, yeah. don't, Lisa eat me. don't eat me. You won't eat our meat, but you'll glue with our feet. They're all long. Uh, they're all along. Yeah, when she when she first has her crisis of consciousness and she's at the table and like they're having lamb chops, and she just starts picturing them as like you know cute little lambs going Lisa, don't eat me. Yeah. This scene here is going out to uh, it's a conspiracy. It's Andrew Scott because <laughs> we we have a good giggle over this. I suggest you leave immediately. Or what? You will eat the dogs or the bees or the dogs with bees in their mouth and when they bark, they shoot bees at you? Well, go ahead. Do your worst. Oh, no. Oh, this one, too. Hello. My name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have a letter for me. Okay, Mr. Burns. Uh, what's your first name? 
I don't know. Great plan, Bart. Hey, Bart, Laddie's the best dog in the world. He's nothing like your old dog. Santa's little helper? Guess I was the only one who loved him. You got that right. Remember the time he ate my goldfish and you lied to me and said I never had any goldfish? But why'd I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the bowl? Okay, oh, favorite, Stupid, favorite, favorite Millhouse. I'll pause it. Favorite Millhouse. When uh, he signs Lisa's yearbook, see you in the car, Millhouse. <laughs> see you in the car. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I know he has these just brief moments of brilliance, Millhouse. That was definitely one of them. This is a classic here. Alert me. Here's my wallet. <laughs> Hi, diddly ho, shoes in boots. <gasps> Flanders? That suit's a little revealing, isn't it? Well, it allows for maximum mobility. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> Quit it! Must wash eyes! Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, don't panic. Remember what the instructor said. If you ever get into trouble, all you need to do is... Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders. <laughs> Ow, my leg. This is the worst pain ever. Go, go. Okay, here's another. Oh, I need your advice. Yeah. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. <laughs> Joey Jojo. Okay. Okay. And and I mean, there's a few. There's Pinchy the Lobster. It's a, sure. those are long clips, but uh, Pinchy the Lobster, um, Homer in the Moo Moo. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, this I is like, rebuilding uh, Ned's I like house. Homer, Homer uh, at Homer Palooza or whatever, where where they do that clip where they're like, somebody ordered the orchestra, possibly while high. Cypress Hill, <laughs> we're looking at you. Yeah, that was when Peter Frampton is like. He's trying to use the pig from Pink Floyd's yard sale and it's not going off. And he's like, first, Cypress Hill steals my orchestra. <laughs> he's like, and now Sonic Youth won't stay out of my cooler. <laughs> just, Get out of there, you kids. They're just like eating all his watermelon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I think about, you know, how like a joke can be like really funny and then it starts over and over and over and then it's not funny anymore when sideshow bob steps on the rakes like the hundred rakes ooh, ooh, ooh. the hundred rakes so i start ooh. laughing and then i stop laughing and then i start laughing again because it's not over that's right it picks up it speed just kept again. going it just um, kept going there's only one recent clip okay, here's the thing all these clips that we're playing are all from the 90s yeah mm -hmm. that was the shining like i don't i don't know I, people that's have, what we're here for man People have a season or whatever, but they're like, eh, after season seven, after season nine, um, everything went downhill, whatever it changed. I agree. Like, I, I, I've tuned into the odd episode of The Simpsons here and there mm -hmm. and been like, eh, I don't think I chuckled or laughed once this entire episode. <laughs> but the thing about that is that it at least feels familiar. I think that's what they're coasting that's on. That's all that they're coasting on sure. familiar. But I did laugh at one more recent clip. I don't know what season it's from. I probably saw it in a rerun anyway. But Homer accidentally gets in the shower with either Patty or Selma, one of Marge's sisters. Uh, have, you, have you seen that one? I don't know this one. No. He, uh, yeah. Anyway, obviously he accidentally gets in the shower with Patty or Selma. 
and uh then he immediately you know after they're like ah what do you don't look don't look he's like ah, i can't you're everywhere that sort of thing he gets out and immediately pours bleach in his eyes and he's like oh thank god i'm blind <laughs> and then <laughs> And then Bart starts making Here? his way into the bathroom. That that's the one right there. Okay, yeah. Here we go. Mm. Hey baby. How about that rain check for the last night? Nah! 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 Don't look at me! But you're everywhere! Freak! Ah! Ah! Get out of here! Oh. No way! Thank God I'm blind. <laughs> Oh. Yo, I'm next. No! Whoa! What the hell? I did that with love, boy. Uh, what's all the hubbub? Oh, thank you, Dad. It's okay, son. Thank you, thank it's you, okay. thank it's you. Okay. Oh, no, really. Thank you, thank it's you, okay. thank you. It's okay, it's okay. All right, already. Just take it. Oh, there shit. That's pretty good. I've never seen that. No, me neither. Uh, Season 27, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why. I remember I... And... Oh, sorry. I remember I intentionally watched like episode 500 because I was like, right, 500 episodes of The Simpsons, a milestone. I should probably watch this, you know. Seems and important. I was, wow. I, you'd think that they would have like, I don't know, had more jokes. Something funny would happen. Nothing. Nothing funny happened on episode 500. And I think they're like way past that now. That was years ago already. <laughs> I'm not so. sure how the numbers of episodes. Because look in this season 13, episode 21. Like that's, well, that's just it. You said they made what three hundred thousand an episode, but how many episodes per season? Exactly. At least yeah, like twenty-one to twenty-three, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's wild. Hey, that wasn't so hard, was it, honey? Dad, I really need to rest my back. Okay, sweetie. Daddy'll take over. Oh yeah, that's a fine look at Don't! Okay, no big deal. Uh, uh. Ah, stupid Lisa! She <laughs> gotta build fast. Cement drawing! Alright, let's see. Uh, English side ruined. Must use French instructions. Le grill! What the hell is that? Oh, come on, get. Uh, come on, fit you. I one fine looking barbecue pit. Why doesn't mine look like that? Right! Why? Why must be so hard? Why must I fail in every attempt at If you guys got another clip, please share. But I know that we're probably running long. I was just wanted to say my favorite clip of all time. I don't know if other people think is as funny as I do, but the Scream a Pillar. Do you remember the Scream a Pillar? Oh, I remember this. That. What the hell is that noise? The caterpillar is screaming. Oh, the poor thing's in pain. What he needs is a visit from kindly old Dr. Foot. Hold it right there, Dr. Foot. You're about to kill an endangered species, the Screamapillar. Which has chosen your yard as its home. Fine. I won't kill it. Finish the job. <sighs> Mr. Simpson, allowing an endangered species to die is a federal offense under the Reversal of Freedoms Act of 1994. You are now legally responsible for the safety and well-being of this screamer pillar. 
Everything you need to know is in this pamphlet. Scream-a-pillar care tips. Wow, look at all this stuff. Without constant reassurance, it will die. It's sexually attracted to fire. Are you sure God doesn't want it to be dead? Hey, what's God gonna do? Make my wife leave me again? <laughs> I don't know why I love this thing so much. What does he want now? If he wants to sleep with us, forget it. Upon a time, there were three bears. The end. Oh, fine. I'll go back to the beginning. Oh, no. I crushed that horrible bug. What should I do? Well, <laughs> yes, the screw filler. I don't think I ever saw that. I actually thought, really? I thought that was going to be something different. I don't know what I thought it was going to be, though. I was not prepared for that. This is no. season 13, so I mean, it's a oh, little wow. further in. I guess That's so. like early 2000s, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I definitely fell off somewhere still in the 90s before. Pretty early. Well, not pretty early, but like there was a good chunk of the first 10 years, right? That were Episode awesome. where they, where, uh, where Skinner um, gets outed as being a phony. Yeah. Where he assumed the identity of the real Seymour Skinner. Uh, that's like to me that was like the last really good episode really that i that i can remember that i'm like oh yeah that was still prime that's the that's the problem i have is i don't remember the chronological order of anything like i just remember specific scenes but not when they happened it just happened nebulously there was the boy band episode where they turns out that they were actually uh the pentagon was using them to recruit uh young men to the navy that was a little later on. Was that the InSync one? That was the one where uh, the their song they were like they were singing. Yeah, uh, it was "Join the Navy" backwards. Yeah, it was InSync. I think that was the guest on that episode. Yeah. I, I figured you probably knew that. You episode. know, I remember that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Join the Navy. Yep. True. Inev. Inev. It. Uh. <laughs> Noyage, something like that. What about when Homer yeah. found out that he was a famous ad for detergent called Mr. Sparkaloo? I remember Mr. Sparkaloo. Oh, yeah, Mr. Sparkaloo. Mr. Sparkaloo. Or that name again is Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, there's a classic. That's Ooh, a what about when he became the manager of Lurleen? The, oh, uh, I kind of remember that, yeah. The country, the country singer? Yes. That's Doesn't he fall in love with her? No, she falls in love with him. Oh, that's right. And then, no, the episode where uh, he almost has an affair with a co-worker. I was going to say that one, yeah. That's, and at the very good. end, he oh. he sings Barry Manilow to, to Marge. You think like they, they do this kind of switcheroo and then because they go back to the hotel room, but it turns out that Homer brought Marge to the hotel room. And, oh, Margie. You came and you found me a turkey. <laughs> I was wondering where I'd heard that before because every time I think of Mandy, I think of turkey. Now I remember. Yeah. <laughs> a real oh. Thanksgiving classic. Yeah. I'm imagining yeah. you guys have uh, 
we're probably podcasted out. We've been going strong for quite a while. Yeah. I, I okay. I got one more today. though that I can think of that that Sweet. still makes me chuckle when I think of it. It's when the B the B uh, sharps. Yes, the barbershop yeah. quartet. And they win a Grammy, and then Homer throws it off the balcony and it lands on somebody else's balcony, and they're like, "Hey, don't throw your garbage down here." <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. It's such a like huge it. part of our lives, that show. Oh, but, man. But overall, um, did you like listening to this album again? Did you feel worse or better about it than the first time you heard it? How do you, how, what do you think? Would you keep listening to it? Uh, you know what? Um, it's not going to make it into my regular uh, rotation. No. But every once in a while, especially after revisiting, I think, you know, there's a video for Deep, Deep Trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, I might give that a spin here and there. Maybe for the kid <laughs> as he's coming up. I'll be yeah. like, yeah, this is this is what we called music, kid. When he's listening you just to like got to start showing him Simpsons episodes relative to in your life when you started seeing them. Right. I mean, here's mm-hmm. the thing, though. How do I keep him from the new episodes? He's going to get into the new episodes and be like, uh, what's with these old good, man episodes? got a good couple of years before. He's going to be know. like, the, the animation's all crappy. Their voices are weird. Spoon feed it to him, you know, episode. Yeah, we'll see. Time. We'll see. But, you know, when he's like, I don't know what his version of Jojo Siwa will be, but I'm guessing Well, maybe JoJo's... he'll take to the internet to register his disgust throughout the uh, interwebs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, worst podcast ever. <laughs> That's right. Thank you guys. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Memory lane. Wait. That's what we needed. <laughs> that goes on and on. That's the big applause. Very. Hit up our Instagram, dope underscore nostalgia. You like Twitter better? That's cool. Nostalgia dope. Or shoot us an email, dopenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.